welcome to the Where's My Beer podcast. Necessary conversation, unnecessary topics, four guys and a lot of beer. But hey, before we get into it today, I want to say we're coming at you live from Palmetto Brewing here in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, something we like to do, talk a little bit about uh, some of the beer we're drinking tonight. I've got, uh, I've got me a white zombie, nice little smooth, refreshing ale. But, uh, what you got there, Nate? I am uh, drinking the strawberry zombie. I like the white zombie. I like strawberry. I thought it'd be a good combo. Um, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> one and done? Yeah, one and done for sure. I love that. Uh, I have the sweet potato pie porter uh, with Mike. We're sharing the same beer, different glasses. Uh, pretty <laughs> delicious. It's, oh, a warm, it was the same it's a warm day here, but the porter really caught my eye. So, right on. Mike, what are we talking about today, bro? Yeah, so, uh, well, we've got a little smorgasbord going on here today. To start us off, we've got a quick little recap of the Super Bowl. Then we're going to talk a little bit about how we categorize our friends and maybe even rank some people. We'll see mm, how that goes. Oof. Following that fun little chat, we're going to talk about a special rant from Nate about dopamine and its role in our everyday lives. And then we're going to wrap up with a conversation about the third man syndrome, what it is, how it can happen, and if it's even real. Let's go grab some beers and get to it, boys. All right. Welcome back, guys. Before we get started in our topics today, uh, we wanted to just give a special thank you to everyone who supported the first episode regardless. Uh, if you maybe listened to it, shared it with a friend, or maybe just gave us some feedback, I uh, just want to say thank you. I know the four of us are very uh, excited to be here and just blessed that we get to hang out on a uh, beautiful Wednesday and get to be with each other. But uh, to know you guys enjoyed it, supported us, and were able to talk about it with other friends means a lot. So again, thank you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. And with that, we're going to talk about the recap of the Super Bowl. What did you guys think about it? I loved it. I thought it was a good game. I mean, besides the end. The ending was uh, obviously, I mean, you never want to see a game finish on a, uh, you know, a referee call, a bad call. Obviously. I thought it finished on a kick. Well. <laughs> the start of the finish was a bad call that set that kick up right and set the but either way i think i think it, obviously the whole game was like 50 50 it could have gone either way that could have easily happened to the other team they could have easily thrown a 30 yard pass or whatever whatever it would have taken to get to that field goal kick so i don't think that's the reason they won yeah i mean i think patrick mahomes should there at the end i mean i, I should say I, I was cheering for the eagles pretty hard for jalen i thought jalen played an amazing game uh, kind of sucked watching that get a little bit pulled away from him. I, I was hoping the Eagles defense could have really stepped up a little bit more, especially when Mahomes got hurt. But dude, that that boy's a player. He can throw. He came. He had that long run. Uh, I remember Paul and I. We were talking about how he uh, he was like kind of like hobbling forward, kind of like barely made it down the field. And the announcers were even like, "Well, if his ankle's hurt, you know, you're not seeing it right now." And I don't know if it's really hurting or not, but he he definitely seemed to to stomach that. I was well. They probably juiced him up with something. Oh, he, yeah, he, he said that. in his interview that he got some shots. Oh, yeah. And, but, like, I wonder, like, broken-ass Patrick Mahomes, like, broken ankle. Could you beat him in a race? Probably not. He was cooking. In a race? No, absolutely not. If he had a broken I'm, angle, but they shot him up with, like, cortisone or whatever the hell they I'm, use nowadays. I'm getting yeah. dusted in the first 10 yards. Dude, I could smoke Mahomes. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> You can't sure. even yeah, smoke me. <laughs> Dude, there's no one at this table I can smoke. I'm pretty sure All that right. day. So we 40? went to the beach and Colin, Colin can't I know move. your 40 was 100 pounds ago. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I'm, <laughs> I'm 220 now. But back when I was like 175, I was running like a four, six and a half, boy. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
Well, yeah, I was quick. Do you see how long his hit. strides are? Dude, like, okay. There was no one on any sports team I've ever played. Shout out to Alex Hutchins. He's the only dude that could smoke me in a race. And my buddy, Josh Mosley. But it's not fair. He's black. Everybody else, <laughs> I cook. Damn white Fast guys. white boy. Uh, I thought the Super Bowl was very entertaining. Uh, I told Mike this. I was like, overall game, eight, nine out of ten. Last four minutes, <laughs> one out of ten. I just... I understand the flag. If you if you slow it down, it looked like he held him. If you do it, it, if you do it natural he he speed, he said he held him. But if yeah, you look at it in normal speed, it's like a quick grab and let go. But I don't like the way where the running back took a knee at the one yard line for Kansas City. It is Smart a great strategy move. move, yes. But in the natural coward. point of competitiveness, yeah, it was a coward move. Take the touchdown. Yeah, but that's fight to live I the mean, next I play. That. I respect Fight the hell out of that. That that takes more of a. I mean, he's got to let his ego go to like take the. I mean, to to, to run into the end zone at that point would yeah. have been. You're correct. He would have IQ was that would have been a more yeah. I version versus yeah team way of going about it. Yeah, I just so hate it. That. I hate if they get Jalen like too that. much time, he would have gone down and scored. But Jalen was a stud, dude. I would say those might be the best two quarterbacks in the league that we just witnessed. Did you guys see the uh, how? Hertz handled the like the the press conference and the little the fourteen year old kid asking him his question like what'd you learn from the game? No, I didn't see that. Pretty awesome. He handled it like like a forty year old man handling a question. Wow. Do you um, think he was drinking whiskey? I don't know. I like to think Jalen pounds some whiskey, but I doubt it. Um, yeah, the kid asked him like, "What lessons can you learn from this game?" And he said, "Well, we, you know, we had a goal. We came up short. Um, it was tough, but you can either take an opportunity like this to get humbled and learn from it." Uh, or, or you get frustrated and you, and you move on. But I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn from it. Hell yeah. Um, I was, I heard, a a, poise. I heard a quote from one of the guys I work with. Uh, and he was, he's a big chess guy. He's like, I play chess for the pure enjoyment of the game. If I lose, I lose. But the way I look at it is like, I play for enjoyment, but I don't, I never lose. He's like, I either win or I learn. I and win so, or I learn. Yeah, I win or I learn. I like that. And I think that's okay. a good concept to put in life. I win. That's great. You never yeah, lose at anything. I learn like a lot. Yes, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the Eagles will be back. They're losing like they 10 have people, to. though. Are they really? Yeah, they've got so many contracts up. And like, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they have a I bunch of that. contracts up. I do up. know it's that they have great. two first round picks. Yeah. But also, didn't know that. What'd y'all think of the halftime report? Like, is she pregnant or fat? No, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Are we sure? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Didn't she have a kid like May of last year? I know because I looked it up during the halftime show. I might have been drunk, so I don't remember. But. Yeah, I thought she had a kid of May of last year, and I was like, that timeline doesn't add up. Yeah, no, no, she's pregnant. I saw it on Instagram like halfway through. Uh, a girl that I follow was was adamant, like, look at this, look at this pregnant mama up here shaking it, and I was like, well, I need to check on that, so I did <laughs> the shaking it part because it looked like she just did a lot of walking around. It was a Mario party, like or Mario, like Super, Super Smash, Smash Bros. Bros. Super Smash Bros. Yeah, yes, her dancing. That was, was my favorite part about it. Did you guys see one of the dancers <laughs> almost like fall Smash off? Bros. I did see that one. Yeah, that's scary. One of the dancers almost fell. Oh, really? That yeah. would have been the best halftime show of all time. <laughs> she was the only one suspended. I still like the Janet Jackson halftime, but I was a child and that was exciting. That was exciting. That was a, <laughs> it was a good moment. I was 12. Good moment. Was that your first boob? <laughs> first boob? Yeah. I think that was everyone's never first forget my first nip. First nip slip. <laughs> one yeah. thing uh, I saw on Instagram today, they were complaining that she didn't get paid for the halftime performance. But if you do your research, nobody gets paid for your halftime performance, no matter who you are as a artist or band. And I don't think it should be brought up as a point. Now. Yeah, I've seen some yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, like that's 
I mean, whatever the movement or the reason that it's posted is dumb. If you know, you know that no one gets paid. She's a single mm-hmm. mama. She's trying to take care of her baby. She's a her almost, baby probably daddy a billionaire. Is Travis Scott. Yeah, no, it's ASAP Rocky. It's ASAP Rocky. No, it's, yeah. it's the other guy yeah. that looks like similar. Kylie Jenner. Or I don't know why I know is. that, but yeah. I um, love ASAP Rocky. Yeah, ASAP Rocky's great. Speaking of losing money, Nate, um, or not getting paid, Nate did Ooh. pay his money, but he lost a lot of bets. Well, actually, I came back. Actually, I owe Nate $5. Yeah, I actually I, ended up five bucks in the hole. All right, let's, let's back after up a little bit. We made... 15? Yes. So I, I should have won 10 bucks after that because I because you you bet me on the spread. Um, and Jackson just bet me on the fact that the uh-huh. Eagles win. Yeah. All right, let me Venmo you real quick. Yeah, let's the, get a lot of Venmo. Um, I, it was looking bad. It, I mean, I, I started just throwing wait, out five dollars bets five like crazy. No, so I, I think, owe Mike five bucks. I think you should just pay Nate five bucks, and we'll call it even. <laughs> I don't want to pay Nate five bucks. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. Don't worry about it. Whatever. I owe you guys. I'm sure. No, <laughs> no, Nate. Why is your actually? I will tell you Nate, what, Nate, Native Spades. Native Spades. Native Spades. Everyone Native Venmo Nate five dollars. <laughs> Wait, can um, I scan his sh- thing off of yours? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening to this yeah. episode? Yeah, that's my send, stripper send name. Nate some some money. <laughs> no, I don't think you can scan it off mine. Actually, Nate I'm not going to pay Mike for the bet that I lost, which was uh, I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to throw a pick six, uh, and that didn't happen. Sadly, of course. But uh, Mike knocked a beer of mine over earlier, and that's what we're going to. And then I paid for it. Oh, there we go. Money time. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's true. Wait, so I still owe you five bucks. I do want to have a shout out to the um, that punt return. Kadarius Tony. What the heck? How do I, I got it, Nate. You talk. You do Nate yeah, does not know how to use technology. I think that was a huge moment in the game. I think that that for sure was a momentum shift. And they obviously scored after that play. Had that not happened. Um, I kind of forgot about that. that. Game. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the fumble return, the fumble recovery to touchdown, that was a big, big moment as well. So, you know, it's interesting when you look at the stats, um, the Eagles' offense definitely played better. Their defense was shit. Their de- yeah, defense was, well, I wouldn't say it was shit. They didn't get a sack. The best defense in the entire, like, well, league yeah, that was wild. With sacks. Did, oh, yeah, wow, did, they didn't get a sack. Did I didn't you see realize the stats, that actually. That no. they're, so it's all on the field. So, hey, Eagles fans, you got something to blame? Get the field. You blame the field for it 100% because that field, was put together by the guy who is a huge Chiefs fan. He's been doing like 56 Super Bowls in a row. <laughs> he's like 90-something. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Conser- and so conspiracy he's huge, theories. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's rigged. Yeah. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, you know, hey, we talked about it last script. time. You know, there's a script. But yeah. this guy has been to 56 straight Super Bowls, and he's the one that's been like the turf <laughs> management person. He's a Chiefs fan. One. Two, there's the stats of slipping on defense – Eagles slipped 38% of the time on like a drop back from Patrick Mahomes. They slipped 38% of the time, only 14% from the chiefs. Really? So what and, a fun f- stat. Oh, how do you even get that? Uh, dude, there's a, I think it's stat whole sports on yeah, Twitter. There's probably a stat for everything. And That's he's cool. hilarious, but he um, also had the other one where that the Eagles changed cleats multiple times throughout the game and the chiefs never changed cleats. That's insane. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that's Super Bowl happening. rigged. Yep. Well, I, d- I did forget that the, the Jalen fumbled that. That was hard. Yeah. I think you you that take was that his out one of the mess game. Up. You take some of. He came back and played so well after that. So I don't think it affected his play, but clearly the score was massively affected. Well, those two plays right there. Well, they canceled each that's, other out. That's what I feel like. What do you mean they canceled each other out? Oh no, I'm an idiot. Never mind. Just I was just gonna say those two plays. I feel like is what made up for the fact that. I mean, statistically, Eagles offense did much better than yeah. Kansas City offense. But 
they had that punt return. They had that fumble. That well, we knew the that they were both just like incredibly well matched. Something like that was going to happen. Somebody was going to make a critical mistake. Somebody was going to be stupid. Some defense or some special teams was going to break right. down. I mean, it, um, yeah. I mean that, it was a hell of a Super Bowl. Yeah, somebody had to lose. I mean, the hell only turnover Bowl. was a the, fumble. Yeah. That's it. And kind right. of like a weird fumble. And like two sacks. Like, yeah. that's just a good game. It's but, fun to watch. Yeah. It was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Mahomes' first quarter to second quarter was night and day. All right, real quick, yeah. though. I think the most in- important question of the night is uh, – which brother, which Kelsey brother are we drinking a beer with? Ooh. Who's the bigger okay, one? Wait, the hang offensive on. lineman. Yeah. Yeah, him for 100%. All day. I don't even know his Who? name. The offensive lineman. I don't like Travis. Jason? Yeah, Jason's Jason the man. Kelsey, 100% Tra- Travis. Travis. No. I love Travis. I know. I even saw you posted that, didn't you? Or was that somebody else? No, that was when Jackson sent us 11 Instagrams in a row in the same fucking conversation. I like Jason a lot better. Oh, 100% Jason. I mean, uh, but I'm kind of more of a Jason. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like Travis. Yep. Okay. All right. If guy. I would want to go party, I would go with Travis. Ooh. But if I'm going to sit down, drink beer, whiskey, there have a go. good conversation, probably a more personal connection, Jason. I for see sure. that. But like overall, I, was, I would choose Jason. I got another question. Who would you rather have on the pod? Jason. Nope. Both. The yeah. mom. I'm the, mom. the mom. <laughs> the mom. <laughs> I love yeah, both those Kelsey. guys, but Travis, Travis has a really, he's got fun energy, man. I love the way he was hyping Patrick up. He I mean, talks a lot of shit, though. I yeah, love that. but he, it's, it's, it's like, he, he didn't, I don't, if I remember, like, through, with my memory, this shit talking only recently started happening. So it's like, well-deserved shit talk. You know what I'm saying? He's, I mean, he's at a point now where arguably one of the best tight ends in NFL history. He's so. like Walmart Kittle. Oh my God! Come on, get the fuck out of here. All right, we're gonna discuss that later. <laughs> yeah, I saw um, Jason, but yeah. Last thing, overall, good Super Bowl, bad Super Bowl. One of the best ones we've had in a while. Yeah, I can't I, remember another one ever since the nip slip. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I love it. I think we've been spoiled. That's not even Super the Super Bowl recently. I mean, the Atlanta Patriots game Ugh. was so good. But uh, yeah, no, I like that one. That one was good. I enjoyed it. All right, y'all want to go grab a beer? Yeah, I think it's about time. Let's uh, let's go grab some beers and then we'll talk about ranking our friends. We'll be right back. I like it. All right, we're back. I uh, what everybody get? I got a I got a white zombie again. Um, yeah, I'm still finishing off my strawberry. Can we point out this is Nate's second beer of the night? I haven't seen He's this in a peed. while. He did just spin across one the beer, whole two beers. <laughs> Honestly, that's. Gives me PTSD from that whole like two two girls one cup thing. So I oh, really God. prefer that <laughs> we don't talk about that. So um, uh, yeah, I got the coffee blonde because I love coffee beers and they are some of my favorites. That's gross. That's cool. Um, finishing the porter, going to White Zombie. White Zombie Catawba, uh brewery that makes this one's up in Asheville, North Carolina, awesome where I used beer. to live for about four years for college. Their brewery is amazing. I love the beer. Wait, Anyways. that's where White Zombie's from? Yeah, Catawba. Yeah, Catawba oh. was also in Charlotte. They probably have like a satellite brewery. Yeah, I about to say. Not their primary, but uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's yeah, what I got. I, I love that beer. That. It was yeah. my uh, college beer, and I still reminisce on I know that. a lot of memories. How would you describe the White Zombie? That's a little fruity, A good it? blue moon. I'd say it's, it's a <laughs> I'd say uh, it's not citrus. A blue moon. Well, citrus. It's yeah. got a zestiness, but it's kind of like a, a refreshing, crisp, Ale. I wouldn't say yeah. it's a lager. I wouldn't say it's got a, a little bit of a Belgian softness, but okay. um, it's it's zesty. Is probably zesty. What I would That's a good word. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. A little orange, a little coriander. But yeah, so um, I think with, we all categorize our friends one way or another, whether we mean to or not. 
like how we can find them can really determine how our, that relationship goes. Like, where do they fall on the spectrum for you? Like, what makes someone a friend versus an acquaintance? What about a best friend? You know, what, what are y'all's thoughts about this? First of all, no names will be put into this podcast. We are on not this ranking anyone. <laughs> we are not going to rank so friends. If you feel like you fall into a certain category, that's your fault. Um, <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Uh, so that's interesting, man. Like, uh, to I'm going to start from the top to bottom. Uh, best friends are individuals that I uh, have a daily conversation with, daily communication, daily uh, appearance in my life. Uh, I'm able to feel comfortable with them have open communication about feelings, emotions, work, whatever may be going on in my life from the highest moment to the lowest moment. Uh, and then someone that I, I may hang out with that isn't technically like energy draining. They bring some type of purpose or energy to my life. That's going to be a best friend. That's top tier number one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I I think as the older I've gotten, the more I try to stay away from the phrase best friends. I think, I think that's gotten me in trouble in the past. I think I've put too much pressure on certain people. Um, I've certainly had people that I've been incredibly close with. Uh, I would have considered one of my, one of my guys when I moved to Charleston a best friend, and, and sadly we lost him. Uh, a buddy named Joe Tate, who, who I definitely would have called a best friend. But kind of coming out of that, I, I think – I think I've tried to be a little bit more cautious with that. And I've been a little bit more conscious about saying, okay, I've got people that I really rely on or that I can depend on or that keep me in check. A little iron sharpens iron a little bit. I agree. I, um, I actually don't like the term best friend. I just, I didn't mention that, but I agree with you. Yeah. I just feel like it adds like undue pressure. Secondly, I've got people that I, I really do call friends. Like these are maybe brothers is a better way to, to think about it yes. in a way. Yes. That's exactly um, where my head was going. It's cliche, but like, yeah. like I would consider like the four of us brothers yes. in a lot of ways, but I've got friends, but there, there's moments where you keep certain people at, at arm's distance. I think we can all agree. Like there's certain aspects about certain people that we keep close, but we know at a certain point you're like, well, we're really close except in this situation or like, I'm, I can call this person to talk about this, but I can't necessarily call that person to talk about this, but we hang out a lot. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily think time spent is a necessary, like, indication. Like, I might hang out with somebody, like, 60% of the time. It doesn't necessarily mean we're that deep. We're not that close. We don't necessarily have that kind of bond uh, as somebody that I might only see, like, 20% of the time or so. Well, I mean, but, uh, but there's a certain level of, like, I don't know, brotherly or, or fraternal intimacy yeah, somehow. I mean, if we're sitting... We're sitting at this table together and all of us have known each other for at least two other, years. Other than mm -hmm. Mike and Colin directly. Yeah, yeah. Uh none of us have known each other over two years. And actually I feel now like, it's officially over two yeah, years. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. okay. Right yeah. over. So but yeah. I mean it's a pretty strong pack though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to just with that small time frame. So that just adds value to the fact that time doesn't always I necessarily I love you too. You guys are brothers. Yeah. We love you too. Oh, love you too. I consider you guys brothers. Absolutely. Well, Nate, how do you how do you classify like the difference between friends and brothers and acquaintances? Yeah. And well, I definitely. Yeah, I, I try to steer away from the best friend thing because yeah, I don't know. It's like hard to. I don't like ranking people, you know. But I definitely there's like a certain point in a friendship, and I mean I've had this with girls and guys, but it's especially evident with guys. It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to describe, but they're. I mean, it's a brothership, right? I mean, there's a certain you know, whether you guys go through something together 
or you guys open up to each other. I mean, when you, I think vulnerability is huge. I mean, as soon as you can feel, you know, once I feel like I can be vulnerable with a, another guy, um, you know, at that moment, it's like, this is my brother. I can talk to him about anything. I would go to war with him. I mean, that's something I say a lot. I mean, you know, there's certain guys. It's like, who do I want at my back if, if war happens? How if do I'm you, in war. I, wait, I can push back on that a little bit. I have some friends who are really fucking close. Like, I love them. I consider them their brothers or best friends, however you want to classify it. But I'm not taking them to war. Fair enough. I was Fair about enough. to ask. Okay, I was about point. to say, what's the difference between... You're right. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, I guess... Okay, that's a good point. I definitely have some guys that I consider brothers that I might not necessarily want to have my back in, you know, that type of a situation. Um, I guess what I mean by that specifically, go to war with, I mean, that's somebody that... You trust. I, I trust is good. You know, if I get shot... I know, I know this is random, but if I get shot out in the open, they're going to grab me and, and pull me back. They're not going to leave me out there hanging. Do you mean and, like, what are they willing to sacrifice yes. for you? And what are you willing yeah. to sacrifice for yes, them? Is that the conversation? Definitely. And well, incompetency kind of comes along with that. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, there's, and it's like, I mean, you know, I, I don't like, I, once again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to rank people, but yeah, I mean, to me, there's something about you like, can tier them. I'm, I'm big. Say again, you I can tier, tier people. Yeah, I guess, rank them. I guess for some reason, five. you could put them in a category or a tier. That's like, these I, are the, these are my brothers. This is what I define as a brother. Like yeah. People that I, can I mean, for some reason it, it's, it's important to me for someone to be really close to me. I, I, I want to be, I want to know that like I could take them on a hike and they're going to have a good time and they're not going to, they're not going to hold me back. Same way. I mean, same thing. Like if we're, I mean, if shit hits the fan, I know I can call this guy up and he's going to back me up with whatever it is. Um, there's something a little bit more special about that as compared to, I mean, I, I definitely have guys that and girls that I love that I wouldn't necessarily hope to have in that situation, but I'm sorry, Cope, what do you got with that? Yeah. I mean, so are you, are you describing a little bit of the difference of like, okay, so there's certain guys that I would fight for and there's certain guys I would fight with. I mean, both. I mean, it goes both ways, yeah. for sure. Because there's yeah. definitely people, I think, in all of our lives that, that we would fight for, even knowing that they would be liabilities on the proverbial battlefield. But yeah, there's okay. other guys that you might not Maybe necessarily fight not for, but you want them as your, uh, as your wingman in a lot I of guess ways. It go, I mean, to me, that's, I, for me personally, that's, that's it. I mean, somebody that's, I'm gonna, that I'm going to call a full-on brother is someone that I feel like they got me and I got them. You know, it's like, yeah. and I can feel confident in you know, their competency and their um, understanding of, you know, where my head's going to be at and whatever the situation is and, and, you know, trust them to, to maybe, you know, um, not let me get whatever too big headed or too down on myself, you know, you know, level me off, whatever it is, that's something special. And I have guys, I have girls in my life that I, I care a lot about, but I, you know, I'm not going to say, I, I can't say that about everybody. There's certain people and those to me, that's the most, Yeah, I mean, uh, I think those a, are the closest people to me, I guess. Yeah. I think a really the good analogy people. is that like people use, like if you're going to use the, you know, like the analogy of war, right. Or like that type of thing, you can be like, life is a battle, right? Overall, it's a full battle. Like you have the things to deal with and we're in a foxhole and we have to sit in this foxhole with the people that you trust. Now you don't trust them maybe to go fight for you or you don't want to fight with them, but you trust them with emotional things or you trust them in other ways or you lean on them when you need it. Yeah. And they're not all the same because we don't have the same things. That's why like, I think of people like that I talk to the most often that I lean on the most often, 
I think of them all in that like category of like, these are the people that I need to be around all the time because I might come to you guys with one thing, but then I might go to people like Mitch, who's like one of my other really good friends. And I might talk to him about something different because it's something that I think that he can help me the most with. And it's never something that's against like y'all or the other people. But what it comes down to is like, you guys are all in the foxhole together. This is my foxhole. Yeah. I built it and I bring the people in that I want. And these are the people that I want to fight with, whether it be against life for life or fighting or emotional, whatever that support that I need, those are the people that I want to be around. And that's where I like, those are what, when we don't want to use the term like best friends, but that's where I put them in is like, these are the sure. people that like I trust. I believe in the most and like that type of situation. Yeah. Like, I think I like where you, where you took that as far as, I mean, when I say go to war, it doesn't necessarily mean actual physical war. Oh well, yeah. You could never pick up a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Jackson, well, hey, well, dad taught me a few things here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, do you, uh, do you think you compartmentalize friends? Yeah. I mean, I would say coming from a background of a lot of personal interactions every single day, either if I would consider these people a lot of friends or not, I have to kind of uh, put them maybe in categories and pace. Uh, what do what do they maybe essentially provide in the sense like not based off my needs, but what do they provide in a positive affirmation do you mean like what when i'm around these people i'm inspired to be this way yeah um i think that's how i look at it uh there's a i mean i could talk about this damn conversation all night yeah yeah this is a deep conversation because i mean i have well i like where you're going i have tier one service level friends like the people like i have tier one tier ones tier twos tier twos i mean i have a lot of tier twos that i feel very like i have a very uh emotional connection with and very deep connection with but like maybe it's not in the sense of our relationship where we communicate every single day we talk every day we talk about every single feeling but these are some friends that i know like if shit did hit the fan i could talk to them and communicate and feel comfortable expressing myself and know that that knowledge would be held between me and that individual is there a is there one or two guys in your life or, or girls in your life that you know you don't talk to them hardly at all like they might even be tertiary or even further further down the list of like normal contact but you know if something if a certain situation hits you know you could call that one person yeah i mean i have a i have a couple childhood friends college friends that uh due to the fact maybe we all live in different areas we don't communicate very well um but those are individuals that i could be like hey like this is what's going on. Let's talk. And we would have a communication. We have a conversation like we're right next to each other, like it's an everyday situation. And we've never lost contact over the last whatever time it was since we've talked. So I, I know Michael does very well with this. Michael, I mean, you yeah. have, you have I mean, a I, lot I was of gonna, friends. I was gonna Actually, say like, hang on. I just called him Michael. I know. It's weird. <laughs> Who the fuck is I call Michael? Michael all the time. Yeah, I call him Michael. Only. Michael. <laughs> well, we only call him Michael when we're getting deep. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Nathaniel, mm, he, yeah, well, he oh, said yeah. something questionable. Actually, I think day. Nathaniel's yeah. his drunk alter ego, but. That's my drunk alter ego, Nathaniel. What if we call you Jack? That's what I get flashbacks from is Because Mike is Michael and Nate is Nathaniel. And you're Frank. Jackson I was about to say, yeah, Frank, Frank, dog. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going by that. No, yeah. you can call yeah. me Frank. I've already just Frank. Wait, what's yours? <laughs> it's just Colin. Oh. Yeah. Because well, we, we all call him Cope. Who are you calling yeah. Cope? 
Yeah, yeah, Cope. I like Cope. Yep. Cope. All right, Mike. Cresswell. Back to Cresswell. Back to yeah, it. So, um, yeah, similar to like Jackson there. Like, I don't believe that like the length that you've known someone determines how close you can be with them. For me specifically, like I don't know that many people for a super long time. And almost all the people that I would tier in that like tier one or tier two, I would put in that category of like I've known most of them post college. So like outside of like if I had to consider the people from college, I'm going to go from graduation date to now. I talked to maybe two or three people from before then. And like I've got one of my best friends now, like he lives across the country. Like we didn't talk. We went to high school together. Then we went to college together. Didn't talk to each other. So we, so we start, started playing ultimate Frisbee. And then we became friends. And then we started hanging out like, you know, through the end of college. And then we talked after college. We started like traveling together, doing that. And like there's intent. I mean, that's a really interesting thing you're bringing up because you're talking about the difference between growing together and experiencing life together from the beginning and then meeting people later on in life that uh, happen to share similar values and or things that you find valuable or interesting to you later. Because that, that, that's yeah. kind of been a weird thing about the four of us, right? Like, I've got guys that I know I can call. I know what they're going to say, whether they were childhood friends uh, or guys in my fraternity or guys I played sports with. But I moved to Charleston. And then I meet guys like y'all, and we all have different backgrounds, different, different upbringings, different political, different religious, different beer preferences, different girl preferences, different everything preferences, music preferences. And yet there's something that unites us all. Aside from beer, I think it's that we're very focused on uh, this idea of promoting each other and iron sharpening iron mm. and uh, keeping each other accountable. And I think that's how all this came to kind of be. That was what I was going to say. Is like That's how this started. Like We yeah. started because we started a group text one day. And then it just turned into like, kind of like, I don't want to say raw, raw, but it was like a lot of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, when something good happened, we all were like happy for everyone else yeah. that it happened. And that was, I mean, fucking this is awesome. Yeah. Every time you put something, regardless, career, personal, weight room wise, like positive. I mean, we're all being like, fuck yeah. Like, let's go keep yeah. doing it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And Supporting like even the, the negative, wins. sometimes we got to talk. And yeah. Like sometimes we have to just sometimes talk. Sometimes you got to talk. The growth. You mentioned that earlier, Cope. Something about growing. Um, I think that's definitely... Um, you know, I've gone through different phases of my life and there's different people within those phases that I think are helping me grow. And um, I just think back and I still... You know, those people hold a very special place in my heart. I love those people. But, you know, I might have moved on a little bit in that, you know... Wherever they were at, wherever I was at at that time, we weren't helping each other grow. And we had to make our, you know, part ways. And uh, I think that that's, that's what I'm constantly wanting from um, my friends is are people that are going to help me keep growing. So as soon as I sense that that's not happening, something needs to change. Yeah. That's great. One question I want to ask everybody, and uh, we can go around the table. How do you decipher an actual friend uh, versus just an individual you know? Like like an acquaintance? Yeah. Like a buddy? Like where do yeah, you like draw yeah, we're, we're where do buddies. you draw the line? Yeah. Where you're like, yeah, I know, I know that guy. guy. We're we're like friends, but we're not close. But versus someone that like, "Oh, do you know this guy? Oh, I love that guy. Like that's that's a great friend." Like where do you draw the line? 
I think we need to preface that before because I do think the only thing that we need to be careful of when we have this conversation is that we definitely have the I don't know how to put it like the first step of going like you meet someone one time the next time you see them the next time you do ever like dude have you met this guy he's awesome and we all have very quickly that thought of like yeah we want to hype other people up we want them to try to be involved because we all want to have that but like we should take that away a little bit because it is like that's not necessarily one of the people that we're acquainted with or whatever like what do you, what do you mean by that so i know yeah. that like when i meet somebody and after i meet them the first time I get a very extreme surface level view of them. I don't get to meet very much of them just because that's how my brain works. And like, I was like, oh yeah, I totally want to hang out with this person again. Sometimes I hang out with again. I'm like, why the fuck did I hang out with them in the first place? And so like, but that same point, I'm like, you guys should hang out with this person. You guys should meet them. And then you guys will meet them and be like, so are you just discussing like the potency of that first interaction is, oh, is yeah. like it, it can be really powerful strong. or yeah and so and, removing that like very first conversation or interaction because sometimes it can be powerful and sometimes you act on it and move forward but I was more going right. with like that going along the lines of like if we wanted to decide what how we determine someone is going to be a friend yeah like maybe removing that a little bit maybe I should just do that for myself because <laughs> I don't know I feel since I've always been in a industry that talks to people a lot, I've been very easily able to decipher if th- this is someone I want in my life or not. I've, I have a weird, if you want to call it sixth cent or not, a weird feeling and reaction towards people that I know that are necessarily not going to be in my life. You can and- call it a superpower. I mean, I am a hero. Uh, <laughs> well, certain people definitely have like a magnetism yeah, to them, right? Like certain yeah. people are undeniable. Certain people are inspiring. Certain people are clearly off-putting, but I'm saying a little bit more in like the positive realm. There are definitely people that as soon as you meet them, you go, uh, I kind of want to hang out with this person more. There's something about them that makes me have a little bit more joy, a little bit more like, uh, I don't know, like I, allowance to be bold a little bit more to like be myself or maybe they just inspire you to be just happier i mean i get that but i also want to point out the other side of the spectrum there's a negative side to meeting some people and i think everyone can connect with that we've we've talked a lot about brotherhood and connecting with very strong individuals and what we call some of our top tier friends but what about the other side the enablers yeah the people what, that like enable like, you to do things yeah, that are negative like, in your life we got to yeah. look at both sides because everyone experiences in their relationships I'm kind of shocked that I'm coming to this conclusion before you three, but I will say for me, one of the determining factors in me saying whether or not somebody is a friend or not, I would say, is whether or not I can sit down with them and have a beer. You drink one yeah. beer. I mean, <laughs> if that's yeah, all it yeah, takes. You're right, man. But you're there's right. something to it. It's like, I mean, yeah, I would get a beer I'd with that beer guy with that or guy. gal. You know, it's like as soon as that happens, as soon as I'm able to sit down with them and have a drink. There is some, it's like, okay, we're friends now. I, I think can that's be where we, it's I can, a little bit I said different. this last time, you know, I can be myself and uh, that makes a big difference right there. We are now friends. You get a drink with me. We're this is how we started this podcast. 50% of my interactions <laughs> with human beings outside of my friends or their friends are over getting a beer. Yeah. So yeah. that's where like, I can't have that same like level of interaction because like I'm at the bar watching a Liverpool game at Baker and Brewer and Go Reds. there is 50 people there who I don't consider friends, but we're air quotes friends because like we go and watch games together. I talk to them yeah. at least once a week, but outside of 
knowing their opinions on Mohamed Salah or Darwin Nunez or whatever it is, I don't know that much about them because we're there to drink beer and watch soccer. And so like we're yeah. getting a beer with them and I'm having a beer. So it's kind of different. I guess. Do you mean like sitting down one on one? Well, a beer. Yes, like, for okay. sure. That's what I'm, I mean. I mean, it's, you know, it's not li- the literal act of it is one thing I'm saying that, that me wanting me being willing to say, hey, let's go get a beer. I mean, the first thing that I did or why well, that I remember us doing we went to Taco Boy. I mean, yeah, we went to Taco Boy and we had a beer. Yeah. We got I mean, a beer that was in a margarita, guys. And it was wild. That no, we had a beer that, and a margarita. No. Is that how y'all met? No, no, we uh, we met on Facebook. Well, yeah, actually. we met on Facebook. No, yeah. man, like the first time y'all interacted, is that the first? Yeah, time? Yeah, in person. Like we talked on the phone a couple times. I was in the like, apartment first, and he got there, and I'm like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go get a beer, let's go grab some food or something." What like happened that? to yeah. Nate? I'm just kidding. I assumed <laughs> that you guys met on Grindr. Dude, I love beer, and then don't get me wrong. I just love a beer. I love that. Yeah. No, that's right though, because you certainly would not say, "Yeah, I'd go get a beer with that guy with everybody you meet." Yeah. They're, right. There's a certain kind of relationship. There's a certain kind of like comfort that you're like, yeah, I'd go drink a beer with that guy. Now that's a friend yeah. in my world, you know, different than yeah, brother. Well, it leads into it a little bit you more, know? but but yeah, but the brother the aspect. Step. Yeah, it's the first step. The, for sure. Yeah, the brother aspect. I think we should keep for another conversation because that's this is a that's, deeper. Yeah, yeah, it's got more nuance. That's more about the like mm-hmm. the importance of like male friendships and like that type of thing, which we'll reach on at another point. Like, that we've podcast talked about, is coming. We have to. We'll re-record it, but it was. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah. Like we've discussed that before. Yeah. And so like, that's the one thing that we do have is that like, we have this like moment in which we, when we hang out with people that you are super close with, it like gives you that feeling. That's like, I enjoyed this. I had a good time and you want to do it again. Yeah. And which I think is a pretty good lead in. Is there, so like what we're going to talk about next is there anything else you want us to add to this specific conversation before we go? Uh, I don't think so, man. I think we all we all have different grasps of what we consider friends and best friends and top tiers and whatever manhood or man friends, whatever you want to call the individual. I think we all have different opinions, but I just hope the people listening can connect with one of the four of us. Yeah, I mean, if someone has anything that we should add to it, like go ahead and you know send us an email, send us a please. Yeah. If you have a perspective we miss, yeah, like shit, like let us know so we can point it out. Yeah, and and on that note, like if you're listening tonight, like be uh maybe take it as a challenge and listen a little bit more to uh, to what your heart says. Like if you're listening to this and you're evaluating some of the friendships you've got in your life, if you're evaluating some of the relationships you've got in your life, um, be critical about are those relationships positive? When you're around those people, do you feel like fucking energized to be with those people? Or do you feel drained? Do you feel like you're, uh, you know, do you feel energized? Yeah. Does it feel good? Does it feel like it's pumping you up? Is it going in the right direction? Be aware. Be aware. Absolutely. One thing I want to finish out on this topic is that the reason we had this conversation was Mike pointed out that me and Cope, no matter where we go, probably know an individual of some sort. Mm. And he's and I think I said that the fact, yeah, I know a lot of people, but I don't consider a lot of people my friends. And yeah, that's what started right. the conversation. So just be aware who you consider a friend. If you know a lot of people, great. But I think at the end of the day, you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your integrity and the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. Be radically loving to everyone, but be careful oh, yeah. who you allow to be your friends. Love everyone. Trust very few. Well, on that note, we're going to go grab a beer and then we're going to come back and uh, Nate's going to give us a rant on what dopamine is.
All right. What's up, y'all? We back here. Um, the guys went and grabbed a couple beers. I am still finishing off my strawberry zombie. <laughs> I went and uh, 40 minutes. took a piss. I listened uh, in wait, on wait, Jackson's. correct, we're using P. Oh, P, sorry. And I listened in on Jackson's um, magnificent uh, steady stream. Was very very impressed. With <laughs> I that. am very healthy. But yeah, what what uh what, what did you guys end up it? grabbing there? Sorry. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, what's your hydration like? I am hydrated. Uh, <laughs> I usually get more hydrated after more beer that I drink. So uh, I don't oh, think that's, that's a superpower. Yeah, I don't think it's proven. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I went back to the porter pie. Sweet Fuck yeah, sweet potato pie porter. It's like a Let's put it in beer. the right way. What's the um, ABV on that? Good. Six point eight, maybe. What? Oh. Sorry, Han, I'm going to be drunk when I get home. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I've only had three, four, five. Well, we, were <laughs> oh another, we were at another, <laughs> we were at another brewery before this. Yeah. We had a, yeah. we had a, we had a chef. shit ton of kids show yeah, up. We had Anyways, COVID COVID pivot. Are you, what are you drinking? I think I'm on White Zombie three or four. Five. Sticking with the zombie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking with the zombie. Yeah. It's a great beer. It's a great beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, crushable six-pack. Crushable. Yeah. yeah. Crushable if you haven't had it from, uh, well, it's at Palmetto Brewery, brewed by Catawba. But if you haven't had it, try it. I feel a little weird coming to Palmetto Brewing and and drinking. But they're like but a, they're they're, 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 like a, a bunch of their sister brewery. Yeah, it's owned by the same company. I feel like yeah, it's, it's owned by the same companies. Yeah, that's the true. That makes me feel better. So, okay. Yeah, no, it's not like they're just like, oh, bad. we need more beer. No, yeah, if you're in Charleston, company. come check yeah. it out. It's a super solid beer. Yeah. Mike, what are you drinking? I I switched back to the porter. I'm going to take one last sip of this coffee beer. And I'm going right back to the porter because like porters. you know what, baby boy? I love some porters. But, um, you know, as we were finished the last conversation, we talked a little bit about how, like, having really close people with you and, like, that type of situation or even just, like, great friendships, like, releases this thing to where, like, it makes you feel really good. And it's something that Nate talked about, you know, at the end of last week. And he was like, hey, I really want to talk about this. And so I think that he has a bunch of things that he's ready to say about dopamine. So, Nate, take the floor. Yeah, okay. Let's get into it, guys. Um, so, yeah, dopamine. Um, it's something that I was listening to. Shout out to Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Lab. Awesome podcast. Very informative. Um, nah, Huberman's great. So, yeah, I was... I mean, he had a... I mean, this is from a while ago, but I just happened to listen to it recently, talking about dopamine. And, uh, I mean, I've always been very passionate about... Hormones in general. I mean, the endocrine system. I work as a personal trainer, and a lot of my, um, a lot of what I talk about with people is how can we balance your hormones. Um, that's the whole point of like, I mean, in my mind, exercising, nutrition, figuring out your sleep, um, figuring out how to handle stress. It's all about balancing the hormones. And usually, if something is not quite right, if you're dealing with anxiety, depression, um you know, weight, fat, whatever, there's some sort of imbalance going on. And the best way to figure that out is, in my opinion, through figuring your 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 health out and your your ability to handle stress and all that. Dopamine is a huge proponent or proponent might not be the right word. It's a huge um it's a huge part of that equation. Factor. It's a so huge factor. That's the word I'm looking before, for. Sure. Before you carry on, explain what dopamine is. Yeah. So, um, or like what, how does it affect the body positively? Right. Well, it makes you feel good. I mean, that's what, I mean, I think most people understand. So it's a, a, not most people, 
Okay, sure. Oh, yeah, I would say. So, uh, I'd say less than 10%. I guess so, I would assume, I guess I would have assumed that. But so I, dopamine is a hormone yes. released in the brain yes. to create a sensational uh, pleasure uh, feeling. Yes. Well, it, it affects, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it mainly, well, I mean, it's involved in a lot of things, but um, mainly it has a lot to do with your motivation, your drive, and your cravings. Um, it also has, I mean, it, it even plays a role in your ability to move your body, move your face. That's why like Parkinson's is actually like, um, that's like a, that's like a dopamine deficiency and it, it's, you know, it messes with your ability to like, to move your body. But, um, you know, that being kind of a separate conversation in itself, how dopamine affects movement. Mainly what I want to talk about is just how it affects your, your motivation, your drive. And what, uh, you know, ultimately when you accomplish something, that's what's happening in your brain, your body, your, I mean, your brain, your body, it's releasing dopamine and, you know, whatever receptors are, are receiving that and assuming all the, everything goes right, you feel good and different things for different people release, you know, different amounts of dopamine. And that's a very interesting, um, you know, uh, phenomenon where in that, some people have a bigger tank, and this is an analogy I like to use with it, is that it, think of it like, like a, a tank of fuel in your car. And, you know, some people have a, a, a what, a 30-gallon tank. Some people have a 13-gallon tank. Good Lord, Colin just tried to put his phone inside of a beer and absolutely smash it because he's oh so my God. strong. Oh, my God. Don't you worry. God. We'll see that on the Instagram later. He just ruined Nate's speaking, rant. Yeah. Speaking of hormones, my... Uh, um, my cortisol just like shot up <laughs> after that. I was expecting a shard to fly up into my face. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but going on, yeah, moving on with the with the dopamine. I kind of lost my my train of thought there. Um, oh, the tank. We're going back to the fuel tank. Okay, so you can have you have the option with your your dopamine tank to, um, you know, you can you can rev the engine and fly it 200 miles an hour around the track. That's drugs. That is exactly. That's cocaine. That's heroin. I mean, that's that's living like a rock star. You know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Let's go. You're gonna that you're gonna plummet pretty quickly. You know, you're gonna you're gonna go through your fuel very quickly. Different than you know driving your hybrid Prius down the highway. Um, you know, getting as many miles as efficiently as possible out of that fuel tank that you have. Um, that's how I try to think about my dopamine. And it's interesting to kind of, you know, I, I think there's no right or wrong way to go about it. It's just like, what works for you? What are you okay with? So are you the kind of person that is okay with having these spikes in dopamine and, and these um, inevitable drop-offs in dopamine that's going to put you below your baseline that will more than likely, you know, bring you down in mood, potentially make you feel somewhat depressive, or would you rather have a more level, steady, um, you know, baseline that you kind of, maybe it kind of goes up and down very gradually, but it's, there's no huge spikes and huge drop-offs. Um, Jackson, yeah, you got something to say there? I just, I want you to kind of educate the listeners uh, to what affects your dopamine dopamine levels and how can you control them and what is more of a negative effect to your dopamine and what's a positive effect sure. to your dopamine because yeah, I like, feel like that's lacking definitely like a lot of people lack the knowledge of what 
how to even control dopamine yeah. versus even what it is. Right. So explain think that like, to me. Yeah, think like you're talking to me. Who like my understanding of dopamine was like it is the release of happiness. That's legitimately what. Inf- right. When you texted me that, I was like, that's just okay. happiness. And yeah. I was like, it's just that. And then I did a little research. I was like. I'm so, an idiot. Yeah. So and give us like, give us like three to four positives and three to four negatives. Like, how does it affect you? Well, okay. So, well, going off of that tank analogy, like I was saying, I mean, so you have certain things that are going to spike your dopamine in a huge way. You know, um, like Mike said earlier, hardcore drugs for a lot of people will give them a huge spike in dopamine, and the issue with that is that. Nothing. You're gonna. You're that. gonna. You're. I mean, there's some give and take, and that is. You're. You're spiking it up so much, you are going to drop off, and you are going to experience below levels of dopamine afterwards. Now, this can also happen long term. That's a very short term situation. Long term, you can kind of you know redline it in a sense with your life, however you're going about it. But eventually, you're gonna crash, um, and it's just kind of being aware of that, and. Figuring out a way to um, make it more of a steady line there with your dopamine. And some of the best ways to go about that are, you know, regulating, what, figuring out what, it, what is it? What is it in your life? Everybody has their thing that is their dopamine fix, whether it be social media, um, video games, uh, sports, drugs, obviously, or just substances in general. But, but let's talk about natural positive dopamine yeah so like what i was gonna kind of follow i was like nate brought this up with me and i was very like intrigued by the whole conversation and so like what i thought about was like what my first thought is like what makes me happy and then i kind of delved in a little bit more and so like with dopamine release is like basically what i'm understanding is the way you're describing is like it's about balance right it's about having what is your balance? It's All not, balance. it's not about like not climbing up Mount Everest. It's climbing up small hills. You're going up the Appalachians. You got a little hills. You're just climbing up and down. And like, it's okay to be up and down a little bit because right. that's your day to day. Yeah. And it's just maintaining that in your day to day lifestyle. Yes. And it's like making sure that you're not just climbing up a hill, chasing off, you know, chasing this one thing that's unattainable to get again. You yeah. might get it one time, but not getting it again is kind of the goal. It's like to maintain peaks and valleys and just get, try to be as close to the middle as you can. Right. That's how I go about it. Right. I'm, I'm what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it's whatever you if you're OK with the the, uh, you know, the spiking and the dipping below baseline, then, you know, more power to you. I'm just saying figure out what is going to work with your lifestyle. And I mean, one thing that I think is a major issue in today's day and age. I mean, it's kind of a blessing in a sense, but it's dopamine is all around us. It's so easy to get big do- dopamine spikes just by simply getting on your phone. Whereas hundred years ago, these dopamine spikes or dopamine hits, I guess you could say you had to, you had to earn them. And when you go through a process of like, kind of like a slow drip in a sense, as far as like, maybe you have to, I'm, I'm just using like a hunter gatherer type situation, but like, like you have to, you know, set up, to, to get the animal and you got to, you got to shoot it. Then you got to track it. And then eventually you get the animal you, and then you get to eat. I mean, that's, that's your reward for all that um, work that you just put in or, exa- or another example would be like farming, right? You plant the food, you, you spend all the time, you know, making it happen. You eventually see it grow. I mean, you get a little bit of dopamine from that as opposed to getting on your phone 
and instantly hopping on social media and getting, you know, lots of likes and that instantly spiking you up, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, Jackson, go ahead. All right. Uh, one thing I want to point out, dopamine is happiness, motivation, something that you that increases your pleasure. At the basis of a human being, we should find that in the most natural way is what I, what I would prescribe to people from a personal trainer aspect. You should find it through exercise, eating, movement, walking, meditation, uh, sleep, things relationships, to, relationships yeah. food, things that make you happy and uh, create this sense of uh, urgency to be a better person. That's dopamine to me. What I think culture has done is created uh, a dopamine effect in a very negative slope to where people uh, compare their happiness to how many views they get on social media, to who knows them, to how many likes they get, to just sitting on their phone and technology. So with your perspective of controlling uh, dopamine, I think people need to revert more to a natural dopamine cause. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I so think I think I think that's where you wanted to go. I think yes. that's just where I wanted to point out where people should go more natural. Cope, I know you got a little knowledge here. Yeah, I mean, I think the further away we get from a primal ability to grab onto the dopamine hit, the worse it's going to be for us. Is essentially what I'm gathering. That the more that we can gather that kind of joy, that kind of uh you know, happiness, the idea of pursuit, the idea of, of challenge that's been overcome, the further that we get from doing something naturally that way, uh, and we get to something that's a little bit more digitally enhanced, the danger, you know, we run into because it's so easy to grab that kind of feeling from something that's uh, not necessarily hard to achieve. Yeah, I think, yeah, to Jackson's point, and to your point, just the natural way of going about it is absolutely, in my opinion, the better way of going about it, especially for my, my, you know, the way I like to live my life. Yeah. I mean, like when you first brought this topic up, like one of the things that we wanted to talk about was like, what is our like dopamine stack? What is our, our favorite right. version of a dopamine hit? Well, that's like, something I wanted get? to get to is the stacking. I mean, that's what happens in a lot of people's lives is that they go from, they're chasing it from one thing to the next. And potentially there's certain activities that you might find yourself, you're stacking different things that kind of give you that dopamine hit. And yeah. I'll give you an example for me personally. One thing that I have is, or a dopamine stack of mine that uh, really shoots me up. I mean, if I get on like a competitive video game and I'm playing with friends and I'm, sh I'm talking to them and we're, we're playing competitive games, we're getting, we're getting upgrades, we're leveling up, whatever, we're beating the other team. Then I got music going. Then I might smoke a little bit of weed and then I might drink a little uh, sugar wine. like caffeine or, or, or yeah or wine or maybe something like that these are all things that are just jacking my dopamine up to a, a certain level that's it's 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 not natural to to kind of jack it up that much so that's something I that I have like struggled with in the past and I still every now and again I'm gonna I'm gonna do that but I try to I try my best to kind of just be aware, be mindful of these stacks and, you know, maybe just let one of them happen at a time instead of trying to just juice myself up as much as possible with all the things that I know get me going. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you guys what what might be some of your go-to uh, dopamine stacks. I mean, 
Okay, yeah. So, I mean, very similar to me. Like, video games are a very, like, a quick hit of dopamine for me. Um, I mean, I've been playtesting some games recently doing that. And, like, something that, like, sucks is that, like, I have to, like, learn and do better and do that. So, it's not a quick hit for me anymore. It used to be a quick hit where, like, all my best friends would get on, would jump on and do it. It's not like that anymore. Now we have to, like, get on. We have to, like, learn the game, learn the mechanics, learn the social aspects, learn all those things. Because we play that type of thing, which we create that together. And... So that's like that. How like if I wanted a quick hit, that's what I do. And guys that don't play video games, what do you think most guys get their dopamine hit from these days? It kind they of depends on the person. Games. Well, I mean, everybody's got. I mean, I'm assuming everybody's got their quick fix of dopamine, and that's kind of what I'm wondering. I'm curious. I'm curious. What are your guys's? You know, I'm curious. Well, yeah, I'm curious as well because. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, I mean, your phone, I mean, is there anything you get on your phone and it's like, it makes you feel good? Based on our uh, group chat, I'm pretty sure that Instagram is one of our hits because we sometimes send each other so many chats. I mean, I have a, I have a totally different perspective than this whole view. I don't personally think dopamine is a bad thing. I don't think dopamine is. Well, I'm not trying to uh, demonize No, it. you're not. But I think what you guys are pointing out is something that spikes it very well. Uh, but what I'm trying, what my point of view is, I understand what is negative in my life in the sense I consume too much of and it is not healthy for me or it creates not a negative effect, but something that is not uh, human-like. Like you need balance. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. But like when I'm thinking things that make me happy, things that increase, increase my dopamine are things that I've been very regimental on uh, recently and it's workout, is eating healthy, is... Uh, Finding passion through fin- friendships is playing the guitar, is playing chess. Those are the things like I consider dopamine spikes yeah, in yeah, a very yeah. healthy way. Well, yeah, but that's those but, are those are smaller spikes compared to what I'm describing. My flip side is these things that you guys are pointing and create dopamine from a digital aspect. I think I don't. I wouldn't call it uh, a digital or uh, a dopamine spike. I would think I would consider it more of a restriction, something that I need to restrict restrict because it's not it's not educating my mind it's not it's not excelling my my process it's only a you're talking uh, about recognition you're talking about the well, idea yeah. that you're, you're consciously recognizing that there's a difference a, a spike of something that's not natural yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the perspective i look I at it. more of a natural perspective it's a really is, mature version of it though yeah it's like we're we're talking to i think we're talking like apples and oranges a little bit because mm-hmm. like we're talking about like what we perceive as like a good version of dopamine versus like what it might be to the average person and True. like i guess yeah we all have a different perspective I guess, yeah like, i wanted mike, to take the more naturalist perspective mike what what's an example of dopamine like a dopamine spike or a hit that you've gotten today having a beer with my friends <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> like it literally is something that like i looked forward to coming and hanging out with you guys all day like i since last week <laughs> yeah. i was and ready but like i the way that i describe it i think it's similar to more jackson the way that i think it's a healthy version of it the way that i Absolutely. think of it is yes. that like i it's a, it's got to be a healthy balance it's not focusing too much on one thing or the other it's more like how do i handle my you know relationship with hannah how do i deal with my family how do i deal with my friends my work going to the gym those are all good things and if i don't have those things all in order i look for dopamine spikes but then i live in a valley and I'd be really curious to see the difference in uh, in dopamine spikes in, in males and females uh, just across the board. I don't know if there's any sort of data for that, but I know one thing that I can 
unequivocally say that I, I feel strongly about is for most of the guys that I know in my life, the biggest dopamine hits that they seem to, to grab onto and that, that make a massive impact on their lives are when they've been pursuing a goal, even in tiny increments, but then they've hit that goal. Oh, it feels so good. There, there's something, right? Like there's something uh, almost otherworldly about achieving something that's been in front of you. Mm. Um, or achieving something that you set that's like, maybe it's a really lofty goal, but then you hit it and you go, ah, okay, that was a good feeling, but what's next? Yeah. And I think that is, healthy. um, that, that is a healthy way to go about getting your dopamine, you know? And that's what I was describing as earlier is like, there's, there's a process as opposed to just instant gratification. Well, I don't think any of our friends are like that. Though. Like, to be honest, I really don't think yeah. that we live in that, that age of instant gratification. Right. No, I think we're, I think we're all going about it the right way. I mean, I mean, of course, I mean, I know for me, I definitely have some things that I want to work on with it, but yeah, even still, more I think beers. <laughs> in general, you know, I think that the, when it becomes an issue is when it's something that you're chasing, that's when it's, or when it becomes, you know, a habit or that's a daily, exactly yeah. an addiction. And I mean, so that's mean, really addiction. That's it's driven by dopamine, whether yeah. it's drugs, gambling, pornography, whatever it is. Yeah. That's an interesting question because at a certain point, are you chasing progress in a, in a positive way or are you chasing the hit? Yes. Exactly. Cause yes. like I, yes. I so can that's, understand. That's a great way to kind of. Cause I think the human condition, uh, I think that's a great expects, way to go about it. Maybe I could reword it this way. The best dopamine hits are when something is achieved. I would argue that something difficult has been achieved. Yes. And yet we live in a culture they're wonderful technological advancements right. that it makes that feeling of achievement less physical and far more psychological. Yeah. And that the feeling of feeling like you've accomplished something or that you've been given some sort of like massive high mm. it is now easier, maybe more than ever, to, to get that feeling from something that's not necessarily achieved, but something that's just been happened upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean- we yeah. talked about it a little bit last week with like the the lists and like writing things and like marking it off. Like we all have that type of like that's yeah. a dopamine hit. Like accomplishment. Drawing a line through something I was supposed to do feels so good. Yeah. It makes me feel great. And I like that. Even well, it's different writing things down in an argument mm -hmm. and expressing it on paper. Say that again. Writing things down on paper in a argument. Mm. If I was in an argument with Emma. I write my feelings down and I process them differently equals a lift off my shoulders that may create a dopamine effect. Definitely. I feel gratified. Gratified? I think that's the yeah, right sorry. word. Yeah, yep, right word. Well, that I have expressed my feelings with myself at that point of writing them down and I'll talk to them with Emma later. But uh, you, feel, you feel lifted at that point. And I think that's what it's about. Yeah. I think that's a healthy, that's, that's the way to go about getting your dopamine are, are through actions such as that. Definitely. I, I kind of gave this a uh, quote to uh, like Colin and Paul earlier that I was like, kind of like researching, like Nate asked me like, where have you ever like intentionally like deprived yourself of dopamine or things of that and like things of those, that nature. And I found a quote listening to a podcast and like, I didn't think the source was going to be what I thought it was going to be. It was Russell Brand. Which Hell yeah. never would have thought this was a quote that I came from him, but it was so perfect. Dude, he's got some like, good stuff. It made me resonate really well with like the idea, the topic, the argument. And it was like, pleasure and pain come from the same part of the brain. 
if you control pleasure, can you control pain? Is pain the price you pay for pleasure? Mm. And I was like, mm. holy shit. That like, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, is that how dopamine works? Like we were talking, like Nate asked, is there a time you intentionally deprived yourself of dopamine? I was like, I tried no nut November once. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. That's one I version like, of it. I was Absolutely. And I was like, yeah. I can do this. Well, I did sober I, September. Did yeah, sober, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Sober October is definitely another uh um what do you call it? Like I, a dopamine fast. If you drink would, less than six beers a month. Whatever it is, whatever is sober month. Say again, what is yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you drink less than six beers a month, it's kind of a sober month. Dude, I, I would consider myself on a dopamine high right now. I'm doing a hundred day challenge. 100 workouts, I, 100 days, and uh, every day I save money. So take a uh, I mean, 100. that's great. Take yeah. 100 envelopes, white envelopes, one through 100, put the number through them. Every day you shuffle it up, you pull out a different envelope, whatever that number is, I put that back in my savings account, and I just make sure I work out for 30 to 45 minutes every day. Yeah, and I mean, I think, once again, that's I think that's, that's healthy. That's, I'm, had, I guess yeah. what I'm, what I'm talk, mostly talking about, what I'm mostly concerned with is unhealthy... Yeah. What I think of as unhealthy dopamine. When I say dopamine fasting, I'm talking about restricting the things that, that you think you, are giving you those unhealthy dopamine, artificial dopamine hits that basically. you've noticed that has a negative effect on your yeah. life. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So find the things in your life that you think consume a, a part of you and restrict them shortly. Yeah. See what that feels like. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think is really interesting to bring up here and something that we don't talk about enough. Um, what's happy, what's fun, like the things that our body tells us are good. Uh, right. They're good, like physical feelings, right? Like these are good. Like the endocrine system is working in a way that, that are, sends good signals to our body. But the, uh, the emotional side of that, the spiritual side of that, the things that, that we can recognize as this being valuable that's not all that apparent unless we've we've gone through some sort of time in our life where it's not always that that fluffy and mm. happy and bright and cheerful, right? Like, okay, so you get a good PR lifting, right? In relative terms, that's fucking great. But it's only good when you can compare it to times where you weren't doing that. Or if you're listening to good music and you're driving, you're driving in the car and 75 degrees and sunny out. That's only really valuable because you've been in weather that's not that way. You've been in weather where it's rainy, it's dark. Yeah. You're driving somewhere, you're late for work. I could make a strong argument that, uh, and dopamine probably works in the same way biologically or chemically, but, but emotionally, like happy things are only really happy or they only really work well or they're only really worth cherishing because we've all been in situations where life is kind of hard and it's not always that cheerful. Yeah. I mean, and I think we got to be okay with that. We got to be okay with the fact that there's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be, you know, um, valleys that I mean, you're going to have to go through to get to that peak, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, back to our earlier conversation, it's what we rely on our, our brothers, our close friends, like the people that are around us that matter. Like we rely on them during those valleys because they bring you back to a level of normalcy. And I think that's like really important. Like how we choose our friends is based off of like, what do we experience that makes it better? A buddy of ours talked about, and we can talk about this at another time, but he talked about the idea of borrowing faith. Now, granted, this was in the context of a Christian conversation, but in terms of, of brothership, I think there's definitely something to be said about 
a couple guys getting together when somebody's going in a hard time in in terms of borrowing strength. And I think yeah. I think you can definitely borrow emotion. I think it's easy to grab onto somebody else's strength or or pride or joy. I think I think humans have a strange ability to uh to give off some of that and it's easy to harness. Yeah, I think Nate made a great analogy about tanks earlier and he was talking about like your tank of dopamine, but I think it's more like the way that I see it is like we have like little tanks that we have like our emotions we have our ability things we have things we can control and sometimes i don't need all of my strength but maybe someone else does and maybe i can give some of that to them when they need it. oh yeah wow. and that's something that like i don't need all of it i can be there for them and you know that's something that like we can kind of delve into later on and like <laughs> it's a lot of like, it's gonna be a long conversation because it's like a lot of about our we've talked about it before other times in which like we got into that like the importance of like male friendships, the importance of like close friends and that like what that does to your day to day life. And like, that's something that we can kind of maybe delve into the next time we talk or we'll you know, pop it for a later time. But um, right now I think it's about time to finish off these beers boys and, you know, call it a night. Yeah. I mean, again, we want to say thank you for everyone that supported the first episode. I hope you guys continue to support every episode. If, uh, you like us share us don't like us i like you uh and with that well fuck it you you probably heard the last time i fucked this up a lot but we're gonna cheers hey go find some people out there that build you up yes fuck yes fuck i yes. like that like these cheers. guys right here cold beer cold beer Thank All you right. for listening to Where's My Motherfucking Beer Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs>